This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. If my voice seems muffled, it's because I'm wearing a welding mask, because I'm surrounded by the bright lights of medical education, starting with Gabriel Conley. What's up, Dave? Claire Castaneda, Cast, uh, Castaneda, <laughs> good grief, and new co-hosts, Eric Neller. What's up? And Nick Evans. Hello. My eyes, so bright in here. Welcome to the show, Eric and Nick. Thanks. Are you, uh, have you, are you long-time listeners? Just <laughs> that trap? Just cause... live. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. every show. Fantastic. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. I, I, I should have told you before the show, but I'll tell you now. This show will come out on Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving is a holiday, right? It's a holiday all about food and family and for some football. I don't get it. but And also things that we're grateful for. I'm grateful for many things in my life. Of course, my family and also all of the short coats, both those in the studio every week and those out there in the world who, uh, who listen to the show. And to show my appreciation, my deep and abiding love for you. My wife, Christine, and I fired up the short coat test kitchen last night and made us a Thanksgiving repast to enjoy together. So, Christine, uh, what, what are we, should we, should we tell the, the name first? Yes, although I might start laughing in the middle of this. Right. It oh. is Golden Molded Thanksgiving Perfection Salad. Golden However, hmm. well, I'll tell you about yeah, we'll, we'll my get to ed- that. edit later. Right. Yeah. Uh, Claire, why don't you why don't you raise Ooh. the raise the, the cloche Irish. made of tinfoil? All right, because we're fancy. The grand reveal. Yes, oh, no. you can, There's a handle at the top. You can just yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Claire, uh, it's prettier thanks. than I expected. It I, is very I, yeah. pretty. It's prettier than I expected. It's aesthetic <laughs> presentation is. Yeah. Is that Jello? It. <laughs> Claire, why don't you describe what you're what you're seeing um so i'm seeing a mold of what smells like mashed potatoes at its core i don't know i watched the great <laughs> british bake off so it looks like if it was baked it would i would call it a good bake um we have a ring this may not be a good bake <laughs> <laughs> it looks as though there is a bottom layer of mashed potatoes and then stuffing and then gravy and then it's it's very shiny i like need to emphasize how shiny it is with the center of cranberry yeah. mist goo <laughs> jelly jam mm-hmm. how is it what would you uh how would you what, tell tell her what it really is the core ingredient here is turkey broth gelatin turkey broth gelatin the okay. base is turkey broth gelatin then it is mashed potatoes then stuffing then some more uh turkey based gelatin and that <laughs> turkey braced gelatin is what makes it golden so do you two yes. hate us? Is, is no, no. That... This is Dave's idea. This is love. Christine. <laughs> Christine thinks you're fine. I hate you. <laughs> well, and I have to say, after it was finished, I realized we missed something. And it, 
I don't really think we can call it perfection now. It would have been perfection if we had taken cubed turkey spam and mm. suspended it in mm. the bottom oh, layer of jelly. That would have made it better. That would have made the best. So what's this wreath around it? Is that uh, rosemary? That's decoration, yes. Rosemary. Rosemary. A lot of rosemary. Wait, yeah. take a picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you took all of Thanksgiving and made it into a very shiny bundt cake. With so much jello. I think <laughs> Dave's inspiration is the vintage recipe cards that we've seen on the internet. There are many savory uh, gelatin dishes, and there are many. They're called things like perfection salad, and they have oh. things suspended in them like salmon, ah. you know, different vegetables. The way that it jiggles is slightly off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, did you say it looked like a butt cake? Bunt cake. <laughs> <laughs> a butt when I, cake. When I, in this room, I associate you with the butt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listeners, you know, this that was is like two weeks ago. You should listen to that um, I want to emphasize that my butt was my, very firm. This is <laughs> so. <laughs> would, so did you pass wiggly. one on? Because, yeah, you want some cranberry it's sauce. It's very cold, by the way. This, uh, oh. It's cold. It's not, it's not lukewarm. It's, it's refrigerated. Yeah. <laughs> it's well mixed as it is. Pre-mixed, yep. Mr. Olas. Oh. That's basically what your Thanksgiving dinner would look like if you took it back out of your stomach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm actually super excited about it. <laughs> I can't. I can't get a good feel of how people are responding to this, but I'm. I'm really excited to eat this. I can't decide. <laughs> it's hard to read the room. I mean, I'm giving yeah. thanks for it. <laughs> um, sure. Why not? Can I eat Tabasco you, sauce? <laughs> wow. Um, there is extra gravy. Yeah. It's behind you. If, if you would like it, I'll go get it. Wasn't I talking Lord. to you about salty jello the other day? Um... Refresh my memory. Do you have opinions on salty jello? No, it's just it's never been a thing. Oh. And I think this it wasn't might be the first experience. Sounds like a <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Christine, are you a good oh. or would you, would you say you're a good cook? I'm average. I'm average. adventurous though. You're adventurous. Because I'm not afraid to make a disaster. Very nice. And half the time it is. Thank you. Hey, uh Hopefully it's not this half. Well, this is a different category. Do you think this is what they were thinking of when they s- oh, had the first four. Thanksgiving in my history oh, book? sure. Mm. They're like, someday, this is what they're going to do with all this. What's the etiquette for eating into the mic just as loud as possible? <laughs> yeah, I think most podcast listeners prefer it just, when just the most their disgusting. hosts chew into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll enjoy this while we're... Uh, Oh, man. While right. we're doing the other, well, let's, let's take a first bite. I have where not is, tasted this either. It's not like we yeah. tested this ahead like, of time. Oh, where does one begin eating it? I'm oh. Get some stuffing and some mashed potatoes. I want to try to get a, a little bit of everything. I think right? you, yeah, I think you got to go for the whole experience, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go with you know, some of the top. For, nope, don't don't spoil it yet. Okay. Did you did you already? I didn't take a bite, but I just want to oh, yeah. say that for what it is, it is beautifully done. It is quite. I am super <laughs> I impressed with us. <laughs> That's true. So I'm having a little trouble getting it on a 
fork mm. here. All right, here I go. Ready? <laughs> All right, ready. All right, team. Hmm. Hmm. I would have preferred it warmer, but it's not bad. It's not bad. No. It's I'm not perf- bad. I think jello salads are served cold. It's like if, revenge. If, <laughs> it's a dish best served cold. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's the other. I say, I yeah, okay. That's it. <laughs> we we have we do have some left. We could experiment with how warm we can get yeah. it. <laughs> I, I'm tasting mostly mashed potatoes and me too. Yeah, and uh, I got a lot of stuffing. stuffing. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. We go for the bottom layer. You really get that Jello texture. That's salty that's so, Jello. That's that's <laughs> so prized. Uh, among uh, <laughs> entrees. Interesting. It's like if you really enjoyed the texture of cranberry and just wanted the rest of your meal to be that same consistency, yeah. this is yeah. what you would do. I thought about getting that. So this is, we, we have the the uh, whole cranberry style cranberry uh, dressing mm. as opposed to the uh, the molded can version, which I did think about using, but... Uh, <laughs> This just seemed like a better a better contrast, you know what I'm saying? Too much too much jello. <laughs> probably probably it's there's too much jello already. <laughs> mm. oh, I don't like the jello part. <laughs> the the bottom layer of jello is uh, it's far too I've been avoiding it. It's too much salty to. jello. Okay. It's too much. I do think the the concept of like a mashed potato cake I think is one that was worth this experiment. Okay. I'm I enjoying that, yeah. this more than I thought I would. Yeah, uh-huh. same. Mm-hmm. It's really growing on me, too. Me, too. I might avoid the bottom layer, as I said, because it's too yeah. it's too much. Top layer is thin enough that I think it might almost work. Maybe oh. if there were chunks of, as Christine said, uh, turkey, turkey spam <laughs> in it. Do we have to call it spam? Well. That's what it is. That's what that's it is, isn't Hey. Spam brand turkey beef. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm. It's not the worst thing I've eaten for sure. No. <laughs> not even this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll suggest this for Thanksgiving, like itself. <laughs> I think you should just pitch it as like, Mom, what if this year we just took all the ingredients and put them into one jello mold? Yeah. Add three hundred percent more jello than ever. <laughs> I'd say a shortened name could be Golden Thanksgiving Mold. <laughs> that's a delicious word mold yes all right so uh while you enjoy your meal uh speaking of football uh rachel sent us a message on facebook let's hear from rachel hi dave i wanted to start by saying how much i love listening to the short coat i've been listening for the past few months during my commute to school I was listening to an old episode where you talked about CTE and football players. Ironically enough, as I was listening to the podcast, I got a notification from CNN about a study that was recently published and showed CTE that was confirmed in a living athlete for the first time in Fred McNeil who died in 2015. I love how the short coat brings in relevant medical news. Hmm. Thank you, Rachel. Um, for the message, uh, yeah, more evidence that football is a terrible idea. Are you, uh, football fans in the room, I love football, but uh, I, 
you know, I, I do concede that it's a dangerous sport. I mean, I'm just bored by football. That's that's my whole thing. And now to add on to it, you know, people getting their heads hurt. That's all. Well, that's it's not exactly value added for me, but <laughs> justification. Yeah. Yeah. To not watch it. Yeah. Uh, Rachel is talking about um, American football player Fred McNeil, who died at 63 years old in uh, 2015 after a long neurodegenerative decline. Fortunately, uh, as part of a study, researchers had PET scanned his brain when he was 59. So before he was he was dead, um, even before he was officially diagnosed presumptively with CTE. CTE, if you'll recall, is not something that is diagnosed um, before death. You have to have an autopsy mm-hmm. to have a diagnosis. Um, in the previous decades, he'd shown a progressive decline in work status and performance uh, as a lawyer, his post-NFL career. Um, at 61, he began to show serious motor deficits and behavioral changes. He was diagnosed with motor neuron disease uh, and ALS, and, a, and as I said, a presumptive diagnosis of CTE. Upon his death, his brain and spinal cord were examined, and then they were compared with those anti-mortem P- PET scans when it, where it was found that the damage that showed up in the autopsy was consistent and visible in the scans. This is the first time these two dots have ever been connected. Uh, so maybe we'll have a maybe we'll have a, a pre-mortem scan for CTE for pre-mortem diagnostic test for CTE, which is probably a good thing. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think football needs to change. I, I don't think it's going anywhere because it is a huge money maker. I think it'll <laughs> stay around for a, for the foreseeable future, but. It needs to change in terms of uh, how we deal with the head inj- head injuries, and I think the NFL made some mistakes in how they handled it originally because they kind of tried to suppress research and CTE, so that the optics there were pretty bad. <clears throat> Is there a way though to because to prevent these injuries, for instance? Because I mean, other than not colliding with other people and things, you I mean, mo- a lot of the injuries are are due to, not to getting your bell rung, getting your head hit, uh-huh. but to just, you know, smashing your body into other people and then having your head sort of absorb that and your brain absorb that. I'm kind of wa- wondering if there's even a way to to present that. To I'm trying to eat. <laughs> <laughs> to to soft, fix that soft problem. Soft, scrape of that fork yeah. on the paper yeah, plate. Yeah, we got to get some of the noise in here, too. Oh, no. Well, they try to teach, like, new ways to tackle, and they – put a lot of rules in to kind of try to protect the players. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you can only get better, but it's never going to probably be adequate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will say a lot of the people who have played and retired and have had health and like health issues as a result of it, a lot of them do say like, well, I I would still have done it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes a certain type of personality to go play NFL football. It's not like, you know, any of us probably. Yeah, I couldn't do it. You know, these people love it, and they understand that some serious health risks are on the table, and they keep doing it. But it needs to get safer, and I think, like, so there's penalties now for, like, targeting and things like that. That's making the game a little bit safer. And if you increase that some more, the game should get a little I could do it. Yeah. I would just just run the wrong way. You'd be able (laughs) to. Does anyone know if there's research into boxers or hockey players? 
It's a good question. I've never heard of. I have seen soccer players, right? Yeah, yeah soccer right. players. Yeah. I have soccer players. Rugby. Have a yeah. and rug rugby, I guess. Right. Are those different? Oh, rugby. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a sp- I'm not sportive. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard that women's soccer or rugby mm-hmm. has. <laughs> Christine's uh, just like. I no, think, I think you're talking out she of your ass. She knows way more than me. <laughs> right. But I've, I've heard that women's soccer rugby have actually um, higher incidence incidence of um, concussion hmm. than men's soccer. Huh. So hmm. that's interesting. That's what I've heard. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I can't cite a source on that. But <sighs> I think. I think it was actually one of my your fellow medical students in the flocks community the other day. Mm. So. Valid source for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very credible. Primary literature. Yeah. Did, did they give a reason why, or just head? They just want it more. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they're. Just want maybe they're. True. Maybe their brains are more delicate and ladylike. <laughs> maybe like a difference in terms of like cranial st- stability. I don't. I have no idea. But hey, you know. Bone, you you like looked strength? at me like. Yeah, like how is, how, don't get offended. Yeah, don't what know. is your cranium yeah, like? What's the inside of like? It's very soft. Right. It's. it's <laughs> it's quite beautiful to look at, but don't touch it. It's right. fragile. Well, I feel like women are at higher risk for like osteoporosis oh. than men. Yeah. That could have. I'm, I am mm. talking out of my right now. Your ass. Yeah, <laughs> out of my ass right now. You so I don't really know. Okay. But I would say additionally, boxing is a little different from football because you're trying to avoid getting your head hit. But in football, people like use their heads as weapons. And additionally, in boxing, if you get hit in the head really hard, a lot of times you're knocked out and you're not going to keep boxing. But in football. You can get a concussion, and if it's not diagnosed, you'll keep playing and keep hitting your head against other people. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a big difference difference in terms of, you know, keep you're you're still doing like traumatic things to your brain in football, even after a brain injury. Sometimes, whereas in boxing, it's less common, and you're trying not to get hit in the head. Whereas in football, you have a helmet on, so you're using your head as a helmet or as a weapon. Yeah. One well. thing I'm kind of like ruminating on over here too is like, even when you say like people would go back and do it again even despite like i mean we're talking about brain damage and it's kind of interesting to think about like so many of people with cte not everyone with cte but like people have like aaron hernandez for example they said had horrible horrible cte recently Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting to think about like which way the field will go if it's able to be diagnosed early and like where you place blame and behavioral issues and all that sort of stuff also i'm gonna suggest that Somebody who has a brain full of unfortunate holes is not going to be the best judge of whether it was a good idea or not. <laughs> right, exactly. Very true. So, Very true. Yeah. After the, I mean, you know. Very true. Let's be, let's be honest. Well, so, so that's good news. Uh, and other good news. <laughs> Give thanks. Yeah. That's the, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Tis you. Tis the season. <laughs> um, another thing I want to talk about is uh, this week there's a whole raft of things happening in the world of genetic engineering. Uh, for instance, uh, there was a seven-year-old boy in Europe uh, suffering from a genetic condition called junctional epidermolysis bullosa. <gasps> I'm Epid- flashbacks. Epidermolysis. <laughs> Is this something you learned about? It's something I learned about. I could not tell you one thing about it. Okay. No well, <laughs> better, you better hope, Claire's future patients, that you don't, <laughs> <laughs> that you don't come down with it. I recognize that. Uh, can't help you though, uh, ma'am. It's, I've heard of your disease. <laughs> I've heard this word. It's a, it, it's it's inevitable. That's going to happen. You're going to look it up, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Uh, it's a disease in which 80 percent of his skin had sloughed off as a result of, I think it's uh, if I I didn't write this down, but I think it's uh, a result of a 
of a missing or a mutated gene that uh, basically allows the connection between the epidermis and the layers beneath that. Um, it's basically you burn. It's a basically a burn. Uh, and he's recovered after genetic engineering enabled doctors to replace his missing skin with new skin that they first harvested from him. I mean, not all of the skin. They took a sample of. They they put it in a petri dish, I guess. They they genetically engineered that uh, those skin cells to have the correct copy of the gene and the LAM3 gene, LAMB3 gene, I guess is probably what it's called, um, using a virus to transplant a healthy copy of that mutated gene into the culture of primary keratocytes. I, you know, like, why do I even try to pronounce these things? I don't know what they are. You're doing pretty good. <clears throat> the skin was then grown in vitro until almost a square meter, that's a pretty big that's Petri big dish, time. could be transplanted in three operations. Um, and uh, apparently... At 21, 21 months follow-up, there's no blisters, normal healing, including where the biopsies were taken. Skin doesn't blister. It doesn't itch. It doesn't need medication. He is, in essence, fully recovered, which um, is, I mean, that's amazing. You were a biomedical engineer. Uh, oh, Claire. God. Not that kind. <laughs> we know what kind I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thinking of genetic engineering and the horrible mustache that you have right now mm. and like replacing <laughs> I, it. Wow. So when I went to the bathroom, I was washing my hands and I kind of scared myself because I f don't really remember what it looks like. <laughs> and then I see it. It's horrible. Like, this is you. This is this is you presenting yourself to society too. Like For we like all 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. I like it too, actually. But I've. I, I don't know that I have as much experience seeing you on a day-to-day -day basis as other people. This could well be what you used to look like as far as my brain is concerned. I have a little bit more experience looking yeah. the other way. Yeah. This is... Mm. Claire apparently hates it enough that she thinks it's some sort of mutation that can be cured with genetic engineering. When we think genetic engineering, medical breakthroughs, I think, how can we get that mustache off your face? Skin Forever. transplant. <laughs> Skin transplant. It's a... One thing they teach us in engineering mm -hmm. is to think of all the options, and I think that is at least one of them. Is one shaving of them. not like the first thing? It's, the only also, it's also an option, but you just got to ideate. You got to mm. be, as Dave exactly. says, an idea person, you know? Back to, back to children being saved by medical miracles. Is anyone Research. going to opine on this story? Because it brought up a, a thought for me. Yeah. Well, let's I hear it. Yeah. No, it's a different subject. Oh. Ooh. It's that... We, we, <laughs> we firmly believe in the... Uh, non sequitur on this show okay as future doctors i want to ask you a question first i'll say i really really appreciate when my healthcare providers tell me they don't know exactly what's going on i'm good at that and they tell me the <laughs> they basically just come out and say what they're going to do about that they refer to others or they look it up i really like that and I wonder what kind of doctor you want to be. Do you do you want to be the type that pretends and blusters and <laughs> pretends they know something <laughs> they don't? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. no, no, if any one of you say yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's kind of a problem. Well, no, I have, a, I have something else to say I want to be that. I have to say, I think some patients who expect you to have all the answers and aren't don't have a lot of self-agency, it might make them nervous. Do you know what I mean? It, it, oh, it's, yeah. There are different types of people. That's a pretty good point, yeah. Right. I think it's perfectly 
fine and encouraged to admit that you don't know but like you said you should do something about the fact that you don't know it's not good to say well i don't know and i uh, never will I'll see you yeah, i'll see you let's <laughs> forget about that one yeah so well th- there's another first in this uh the skin was grown on so usually when they grow skin grafts they grow it on uh, plastic um but the problem is is that you got to take that skin graft and you got to you, you have to um, slice it up in a very particular way so that you can stretch it out and obtain coverage over the widest area of skin. Um, I can't remember what that's called, but you do you run it through a little handheld machine, I think is what I've seen, and it makes little slices in it, and then it can stretch mm-hmm. out and cover a greater area of skin and thus grow together. Um, you don't have to do that now because this skin was grown on a fibrin substrate, um, which has been used in burn victims but has never been tested in this particular um, rare illness. Both worked out. They, they tried both. Both worked out great on this kid. Hmm. And so now we know just that much more about uh, skin grafts and, and how they work. Hmm. So so right. what is the skin? Have, have you seen a picture, Dave? What's the skin look like on the new? On the um, it looks, I think it, it, it's not the same color. Sure. Um, hmm. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's lighter in color. I think probably my guess is because it is, uh, it's not been exposed to sunlight. Basically Mm -hmm. it has been grown in a lab. It hasn't been, um, and I don't know how it was, how it was nourished. That's a word I hate. I hate (laughs) Hasn't been, hasn't been, uh, nourished by blood, by a blood supply or anything like that. I'm sure they have some other nutrient goo that it, (laughs) that it. Yeah, uh, this, might be, like, this might be. This might be. I think we just like, had some nutrient like, goo. Nice, yeah, mold, nice like, mold. Yes, turkey jello for sure. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, it uh, definitely looks better than it would. I think if they had had to do a skin graft from like a cadaver mm-hmm. or from a mm-hmm. relative or something like that. So, speaking of lighter colors, have any of you seen Sammy Sosa lately? What? What? <laughs> Seriously? Is he a lighter color now? Uh, so he looks Caucasian now. Oh, why? Yeah, looking, uh, he's been bleaching his skin. Oh. Ah. Okay. Well, that's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice he, one. Unrecognizable. I saw a picture and I was like, "Wait, <coughs> who is that?" Uh, like a white Sammy Sosa. Hmm. How does bleaching your skin work? Does anyone actually know? Do you just lay in a bath of bleach? Like how it's does like it? It's like a uh, cream that he has uh, to okay. apply consistently. You know. Check that off on my list of things that I like think I might know anything about, and I actually don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure could, I know much about you know, you, we could do a review show on skin bleaching, uh, Claire. <laughs> if you're interested, if you in want to indulge giving, me. A, <laughs> giving it a try. I mean, you <laughs> do it. What's yeah. your what's yeah, your next. what's your ethnic background? I'm half Asian, half white. Okay. So we could Castaneda. do half my body because Castaneda wasn't saying either Asian <laughs> or white to me, but that's all right. It throws a lot it's of a, it's people a melting off. pot. Yeah, <laughs> Filipino you colonialism. Some, I mean, you have somewhat, you know, darker skin. You know, like yeah, a, yeah. I have been called olive complected, although I spend most of my time indoors now. So mm-hmm. God only knows what I look like. Probably very white. <laughs> white male but uh we can try it together i think i think we should we can bleach our skins yeah i agree i'm completely on board for that if you stop bleaching your skin will it come back yeah it, it, to my knowledge he needs to keep doing that otherwise he'll go back he'll, to he'll his go back to, basic. Huh. 
or well, if that's how he wants to look, I think he'll have to do that forever. Okay. I th- I mean I think it may it makes sense right because he's sure. I mean, did he I think would, no one would notice or he's? I don't. It's gradual. Yeah. yeah. He started doing this I think like five years ago because people noticed that he looked like lighter. He still looked like black, but he just looked lighter. Uh-huh. And now like he had been out of the limelight for a while and he looks Caucasian. <laughs> he looks Caucasian. Um, there's another genetic engineering story in here, which is that uh, last week, scientists editing scientists tried editing genes within the body of a 44 year old man with a meta- metabolic disease called Hunter syndrome. So this is a first. I mean, usually you do genetic engineering either you know in a lab, you know, in a dish, in a test tube. I don't know how they how they do it. Don't ask me. <laughs> but in this case, I it's also a cream. A cream. <laughs> so he had a, a defect in, in a gene or a set of genes that caused this metabolic disease, which I gather affects the way carbohydrates are um, processed in the body. Um, there's a certain class that you can't use, and so it accumulates and it damages everything. Um, so he's been living with this disease for 44 years. Uh, usually uh, people with the syndrome uh, die in their teens, so... He's made it a long way, but unfortunately, that means that he's had a lot of um, procedures, a lot of illnesses, a lot of um, problems. Mm-hmm. So basically, what they did was they took the DNA for the new gene, along with instructions for two zinc finger proteins, which okay. I'm all about that. Love zinc fingers. Remember those zinc words. Zinc yeah, I remember these <laughs> words. <laughs> Uh, they were inserted in a in they, all three of those things, the gene and the two zinc fingers, were inserted into a virus and transfused into Brian Maddow's bloodstream. The virus then traveled to the liver, uh, where the zinc fingers cut into the DNA, allowing the new gene to incorporate itself into the liver DNA. Only If only 1% of the liver cells are altered in this way, it would be sufficient to treat the disease, and he could stop his weekly IV treatments which cost up to $400,000 a year. Hmm. Uh, it won't clear up the damage that's already been done. Mm-hmm. Um, but patients with, you know, patients with hunters have, as I said, widespread problems. Um, so it would, in theory, halt the progression of the disease. And um, if it works, then obviously more testing is going to be needed. But ultimately, it would mean that you could arrest the disease in childhood and then... Hmm. Everything is cool. There's a lot of safety issues, things like cancer and immune system attacks and gene implantation <clears throat> in unintended locations in the body or mm-hmm. in the or in mm. the the DNA itself. Right. So it'll be fascinating to see. Yeah. So we'll find out if that worked in like a month. In a month hmm. is what they say is as the earliest they would know. I don't I don't know how they picked that, but right. <laughs> in a month is the earliest they would know. Um, that there was any effect at all. Uh, because it's possible that it just won't do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know everything about how this works. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool, too. Yeah, I think the fact that he's like 44 kind of tells me, like, why, why wouldn't you want to try that, you know? Yeah, I mean, at 44 years old, you, uh, who, you've lived with this disease for so long, it's going to kill you at some point. Mm-hmm. And you've, I don't know, I guess in some ways... Those uh, you know thirty or so years extra that you lived, 
Or gravy. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. gelatin. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of jello. I did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good for you, Brian. Thanks for uh, taking one for the team. I hope it works out. Same. Me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think the interesting thing is this wasn't done with CRISPR. You know, everybody. I yeah. Think, yeah. The news is all about CRISPR and you know how this is revolutionizing medicine. This is this is done with something that I think we already. We've known about zinc fingers for a little bit. Yeah, who, <laughs> who hasn't? Yeah, exactly. I have at least two zinc fingers. <laughs> uh, guys, Christine has gone to microwave. <laughs> oh, portion so that we can try. That was the note oh. she passed you it's a couple gonna, minutes it's ago. It's going to explode. That's, uh, yeah. so we Some new life help. form is so going to be around. <laughs> so we have the opportunity to experience what hot Sweet. or warm, God. at least warm yeah. jello. It was your fault. I think, it'll, I think it'll be a better eating experience for me. You suggested it. We'll see. I think the jello is going to melt, though. I think. Yeah. 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 But the potatoes will survive. And I think that's really important. Exactly. So. And they'll be warm. Yeah. I still think warm, salty jello would be better than cold, All right. salty jello. Well, let's see I what know, happens. Like, on a hot day, like this would have been perfect. Like, <laughs> right. Would have been like cold, rainy, di- rainy, the pre Thanksgiving. Yeah. Day. In Iowa, you know, rainy day. Not exactly. Well, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket for, uh, you know, potlucks in summer. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Research is the backbone of medical science. And that is why I'm using research as the backbone of this very loosely affiliated with medicine game. Gosh, mm. I don't know. <laughs> so let's play weird research. Here's how it works. I, uh, I entered the hashtag weird research into Twitter and found some examples of strange things people were trying to find out about. I will read what they wrote with a word missing and you fill in the blank. Just Now just keep it in your head until we're ready to Sure. To reveal. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll learn a thing or two about things that needed research. Shall we shall we begin? So I'm trying to we're trying to guess what that word is. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh Mini Mandy ninety seven <laughs> says looking up if kangaroos have three blanks in Spanish. <laughs> wow. In interesting. Spanish? Oh, I know what this is. Has- what? <laughs> hashtag true fact, hashtag weird research. Um all right, so keep it in your head. Do you ever, what about in Spanish? I don't understand that part. Oh, but it, yeah, oh, it's throwing me off there. It was in the it was in the tweet. Okay, yeah. Tweets don't lie. D- no, no. <laughs> Unless no, 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 no. <laughs> we won't get political here. Does everybody have a have a thought about what this might be? I have a guess. I have a very strong guess because I think this was brought up in whatever conversation for whatever reason the other day. As as it would come up. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. The weather, kangaroos three, whatever. Yeah, comes up often. Claire, got you. You look. I yeah. I have no guesses other than turkey gelatin. Maybe. <laughs> okay, that's not three times over. Pretty that's common not in it. kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you? Uh, why don't you start? Reveal your your uh, thought. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed because you said kangaroo, and then the only thing I could come up with. If just to think pouches or boxing so okay yeah pouches okay i was thinking pouches as well all right uteruses three getting what? closer uh, getting closer claire didn't have any opinions on turkey gelatin maybe okay they could have three spanish language opinions is it vaginas it is vaginas oh, wow. hmm. kangaroos along with all marsupials like koalas wombats and tasmanian devils have three vaginas what what the one in the middle is the one that joey uses as a as an exit shoot 
while the two side vaginas are used by the sperm. <laughs> An uh, exit shoot. They, they're connected toward the outside by a what I will call a common vagina. Just like a redundant system? Or yes. yes. Ex- awesome. More is always better. <laughs> redundant. So, Christine microwaved <laughs> oh, no, I hate a it. slice. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> the jello, that's well, no, that looks I, better because there looks it like it only took 30 seconds to turn into liquid, mm. and this was swimming in liquid, but I couldn't walk down the hall with the liquid, so <laughs> it, it was a nice halfway up to this. It was a bath of turkey broth Gabe? that it was sitting in. All right, yeah, it, it, it should and be me, it's probably it not be. even it should warm be you, Gabe, unless you want it, Claire. You look at you, look, this looks appealing to you. <laughs> I think I'm just thinking about how much I want want you to enjoy it. We're gonna we're gonna cheers before we do it. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's just gonna be probably gonna be pretty good. I'm I'm gonna guess it's just gonna be you know stuffing mashed potatoes that are (laughs) now warm. Cheers, Eric. Mm. Better. Yeah. Better. Way better. (laughs) (laughs) But there's no Jello, man. Yeah, Yeah, I'm kind of missing the (laughs) Jello. Would you like my Jello? Yeah, Yeah, give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's. God. Let's go to the next one. Uh, at Karen Rothstein tweeted, having blank may increase the risk of a broken penis, according to an article in Huffington Post. Hashtag weird research. Oh, I think I know. One more time. Having blank may increase the risk of a broken penis, according to an article in the Huffington Post. Hashtag weird research. Is it just one word? Yeah, that's a good uh no. Nah, <laughs> this could yeah, I should say these could be the phrase. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Having blank could increase the risk of a broken penis. I do have a legitimate guess, but I think I'm just gonna think of a silly guess instead. No I, <laughs> You could be legitimate. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Everybody have a have a thought? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, yeah. Claire, since you were the big loser last time, let's uh, <laughs> let's have your thought. Um, well, the easiest one would be too easy, but just having sex, I think, in general, oh. would increase the chance would, of breaking your penis. I would say that's the biggest risk factor. It's a yeah. really, factor, really yes. big risk factor for broken penises. Yeah. Otherwise, having friends way. who play some sort of game where there's penile abuse is another risk <laughs> I don't know how Penile men work. Abuse. I don't. Yeah, we're weird like that. Yeah. Like high school. Yeah. You know, when I was your age, <laughs> don't remember that. Uh, okay. Uh, your turn. All I had was sex. Okay. It's got to be erectile dysfunction. Uh, I would say. Interesting. Uh, that's yeah. a good guess. Well, but why? What, your I erections would... are not as stable, maybe, and then things can kind of bend, and maybe in the act of sex. I would, I, I would have uh, thought that if you less, if you yeah. had trouble getting erection, it would be it would be less likely It'd for be you because there wouldn't be as you know turgid. <laughs> we need research needs to be done in this. I was thinking erectile dysfunction because they're more likely to have medication and then Ooh. side effects of uncontrolled mm. erection. Mm. All right, that's, a, that's Christine a, thinking outside the box yep, there. Yep, they kind of got mine, but. I'm not having a a bigger penis, maybe. <laughs> having a partner who's into some weird no, not weird, wild stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's weird. Nothing's weird. Nothing's weird. Everything's right, well, cool. Yeah. Well you're <laughs> you're all wrong. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Having having an affair may increase really? the risk of a broken penis. Of the <laughs> So it's a huh. small Is it, it like a karmically broken penis? The N was small. <laughs> 
uh, like the penis. I don't know. The end, was, <laughs> the end was small. Of the 16 men in the study who had suffered fractured penises, 13 were having sex in unusual settings, including in restrooms ah. or at work when the, when the injury occurred. Half were having extramarital affairs. Hmm. While penile fractures are rare, mm-hmm. thank God, they, <laughs> they may be underreported due to the potentially embarrassing circumstances surrounding the in- injury. Now, I, I, I wouldn't go to the ER with that. What would you do? What? Just live with your I live with, what else you I live with my broken penis. That's Splint what I would do. Splint it yourself. Oh, no. I don't think splinting is what <laughs> no. fixes a broken. There's no oh. bones in a penis. Just for our listeners who haven't made it to med school yet, there are no bones <laughs> down there. I'm, ha- I'm like, I'd rather, I'm having more fun thinking about like the other half of guys who were not being, like they weren't having, they were just having a fun, not sneaky, good time. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. No affair here. <laughs> no affair here. Things just got weird. <laughs> Wild. And everyone knew about it, and yeah. it was cool. <laughs> yeah. They were in the kitchen. Uh, okay. At Tips For You Daily says, or tweets, eating blank at the time of conception increases the chances of having a baby boy. How do they know this? My mom Hashtag did this weird research. <laughs> what? My mom tried to have a boy. She told me this. Oh, <laughs> they like ate weird stuff. Oh, that's sweet. I know. What did? Like, well, feel we'll, so we'll, loved. We'll talk it. about what. I don't want to give it. Uh, so eating blank at the time of conception increases the chance of having a baby boy. What would you think that that might be? I've got a good one. <laughs> okay. Uh, everybody have a have an idea. <laughs> oh sure. I'm sorry. I, no, okay, well, we'll start with you. Everybody has their idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Oh. Sauerkraut. Do we have to defend why we say our guess? I'm going to make her. Yeah, because <laughs> I want to know. So um, changing the pH of your vagina will change which sperm lives. So mm. it's fermented. I don't know. Thought of something. I think if you're... <laughs> That's riveting. I think if sauerkraut has changed the pH of your reproductive system, you've been using the sauerkraut oh, yeah. incorrectly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to eat a lot of sauerkraut. All right. Any any other <laughs> any other Ooh. thoughts? Nothing good. On sauerkraut or a, with a guess? No, with the uh, with a guess. Okay. So mine is a Game of Thrones inspired. I thought of like a raw horse heart. Like okay. <laughs> okay. those like, are pretty common. They, exactly, yeah. Um, it's a staple in every every American kitchen has a raw horse heart. <laughs> uh, any other any other guesses? Y'all got to guess something. Uh, oysters. Okay. Uh, All right. Maybe like soybeans. Okay. Why, well, why, oysters is a sex-adjacent food. That's. I think that's where my mind jumped to it. Yeah. What, why uh, soy? Just because soy has some tie to estrogen. Oh, okay. I, I forgot mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Maybe going the other way. Okay. Something. All right. No idea. Maybe going the other way. <laughs> something. All great medical discoveries mm-hmm. are accompanied by maybe going the other way. Something. Yes. Claire? I'm kind of on Gabe's same thought yeah. with the like the me- like something meaty or something <laughs> grilled or just like turning on a grill and like sniffing the fumes. Mm, like yeah. men I not to be gendered, but diesel. like I think the one thing that I've seen all men thrive on is like thinking about grilling or just grilling oh, yeah. out and like so, little so, guys in there being little XY spermies being like, We gotta hey. live. We gotta <laughs> stay and the girls I being like, This is you. This is fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love uh, it. It turns out you're all wrong. The, the answer is bananas. 
bananas. bananas. Hmm. I found many blog posts, including on such websites as howtoconceiveababyboy.com and howtoconceiveababyboynaturally.com. But nature... Incredible websites. Nature.com is my source. Researchers led by Fiona Matthews at the University of Exeter collected data on preconception dietary habits of pregnant women and found that 56% of women in the highest one-third of calorie intake had male fetuses, while only 45% in the lowest third had boys. Now, bananas were a strong component in those high-calorie diets for some reason, so it could be that... It could also be that just high-calorie... Hmm. High calories equal baby boys. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Zero plus two underscore... What are these names? <laughs> these are tweet, Twitter Yeah, handles. I know, but I have Twitter too. And... Twitter plus two underscore. Hmm. Underscore nothing. <laughs> says, yeah. hashtag weird research. People who smile in childhood photographs are less likely to get what? Punched in the face. I... Uh, it seems <laughs> yeah, like... It, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, there's, there must be a connection. More there. likely? <laughs> More likely, right? Or less likely. Less likely. Uh, less, less likely to get. I feel like if you smile, you're more likely to get punched in a childhood picture. Are you? Meh, I don't know. I don't know. You just like let's unpack that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody have a have a guess they want to share. Let's start with uh, you, sir. Bullied. Okay. Ooh. Exactly. All right. All right. I got nothing, honestly. Can you skip me? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, uh, I might need a skip too. I didn't get a skip when I couldn't come up with it. All right. Um, <laughs> this goes both ways. Get I'm sir, very, I'm very jealous, inconsistent sir. in the application of the rules. Uh, going to college. Okay. <laughs> get girlfriends slash boyfriends. Okay. Get a ride to work. Oh, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking years down the road. Uh, the, Correlation, no. not causation. Mm. Again, you're all wrong. <laughs> Surprising, wow. really. really Surprising. <laughs> Divorced. Oh. In a 2009 study entitled Smile Intensity in Photographs Predicts Divorce Later in Life, <laughs> Smile Intensity. researchers found that the wider someone smiled in their university yearbook photos, the less likely they were to be divorced at the time they were surveyed later in life. Uh, two samples were studied. Psychology students was one sample from a university. And then a sample that included uh, a wider set of uh graduates of this university not just psychology students and it was true in both samples but weirdly the connection between smiling and divorce was flipped so uh, for psychology students the correlation between not smiling and divorce was stronger for women for the sample of all students the effect was strongest among men Hmm. so make of that what you will i'm just curious who had the idea to like look specifically at those two things. I'm always childhood sure. photos and well, divorce. These aren't childhood. Yeah, yeah exactly. Photos. These aren't childhood. I'm sorry. I, I I wrote this. There were there was actually another portion of the study that looked at childhood photos taken at a range of different times that also had this very same correlation. But there was a caveat in there that I could not figure out what in God's name they were trying to get at. <laughs> so I just decided to not mention it. But thank you, Christine. <laughs> Actually, thank me for having poorly written uh, my my uh, thing here. 
my notes here. Uh, S. Fish, S. F. I. S. H. E. Says tweets. So blank. Apparently, it messes up snails as well. Hashtag weird. Weird research. Any any thoughts about what might mess up snails as well? You got to guess. Okay. All right. Let's uh let's start with Gabe this All time. Right. I'm gonna say like THC marijuana. All right. Mm, Solid. Nice. Solid guess. I feel like that's a good guess. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm I, I'm guessing I'm wrong. But. Uh, Eric. Yeah, I was gonna go with alcohol. All right. Mm. Did we seem to be proceeding down yeah. the same similar path? <clears throat> Got a clarifying question. I don't know that I'll be able to. So salt supposedly messes up slugs mm-hmm. or snails? Mm-hmm. I think both. Leeches. Snails, snails, slugs, leeches. I think we can confirm that. If it was only restricted to slugs, then salt would be my guess. I don't really know, so I'm just going to keep with it. Okay. Salt. Solid. Also a solid guess. Claire? Uh, spelling. Spelling is hard and confusing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Very <laughs> difficult for snails. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're not, they're, they're not immune. I hear they're bad. They're not immune. Most people don't know this. Christine? Estrogen. Ooh. Estrogen. Nice. Uh, Last estro- world. Does estrogen <laughs> mess up people? For instance? I was just thinking about how it ends up in the environment. Oh, like, oh okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Uh, no, you're all wrong. The uh, answer is, uh, although... Medical uh, school in a nutshell. Although you guys were closer... The answer is methamphetamine. Oh. oh. All right. Actually, so I'm going tr- to <laughs> I'm I'm try to explain this. Okay. Snails use a very simple three-neuron network to figure out when to use their breathing tubes to breathe <laughs> or when they should just absorb oxygen through their skin. So if they're in water with high oxygen levels, they just get it through their skin. If they have, they're in water with low oxygen levels, they extend... Some breathing tubes to the surface and get their oxygen that way. Um, researchers trained them not to extend their breathing tubes by poking them with a stick when they tried. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! I feel I terrible. Feel for them. Hey, stop that! <laughs> tra- yeah, the training took place in regular water or in meth-laced water. <laughs> wow, this Place- is brutal. Placing those snails back in their meth or non-meth water 24 hours later, the meth snails had forgotten the lesson. Until the meth was reintroduced, snails immediately remembered not to breathe again. This may explain, researchers theorized, why addicts often relapse when they return to old haunts that trigger the memory of their addiction. Hmm. Not a lot about snails. I think the meth snails will be my band name someday. (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) I'm just imagining the, I just like to imagine the, the research assistant in the lab, like, who was supposed to like poke the snail <laughs> yeah. every time it tried to breathe? Best job ever. One of the meth snails were, you were like at me. I, I don't know why. I, oh. it. <laughs> I was trying to include you in the discussion. Oh, I see. Um, all right. This is the last one. Creswell at CC Reswell ninety nine. Apparently, there were many other. These are like CC Russian bots. bots. <laughs> I, these are Russian fake accounts. These are bots. Yes. Yep. Before you go to the next news. one, just like. Weird research with animals. Have you ever talked about the one with the where they cut off ants' legs? Oh, what? I don't even like bugs. No, do you feel Stay sympathy for ants? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I will. I will look it up and then you can talk oh, about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, C C C Cresswell ninety nine says uh, tweets. 
Mmm, you smell blank. Oh, God. <laughs> Hashtag weird research. I'm not giving you much on this one. Sorry. Ooh. You're going to have to. One word? One word. I just noticed the carton of turkey gravy on your desk. I'm so sorry. I got distracted. I always have a carton of turkey <laughs> gravy on my desk. Sometimes you just need a swig, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little pick me up in the middle of the day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe I should have. Well, it is what it is. I couldn't, I couldn't add words to the tweet, so. Of course. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's throw some, throw some ideas out there. We'll see how we do. Uh, Claire. Uh, salty. Okay. Hmm. You smell salty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you smell cheesy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say you smell sugary or sweet because maybe they have diabetic keto acidosis. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, gasoline. You smell like gasoline. You smell like gasoline. Yeah. Mm, you smell like gasoline. Uh, no. Again, you're all wrong. You're all terrible, awesome. terrible at this game. <laughs> I think you should say it again. How wrong we are. Uh, the wrong. Wor- Is anyone winning? Wrong. The word. No, nobody's winning. <laughs> I'm winning. Oh, I didn't. I didn't ask Christine. I saw your notes, so I can't answer. Oh god. Okay. You should have done it, Christine. That would have been fun. The word is happy. Oh. Nine men provided sweat samples during three sessions that aimed to make them feel f- happy, fearful, or neutral. Film and TV clips were used to induce those emotions, and they were surveyed as to their emotional affect, I guess. 35 female students were then asked to smell the samples, and their reactions were captured using electromyographic pads. In the females, a happy facial muscle EMG response was more likely if the male sample was taken in the happy condition. Huh. That is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Did they know they were smelling sweat? Well, <laughs> I don't know. What's the what is what kind of consent is necessary in this situation? Christine, you do a lot of IRB stuff, or you have. What do you think? I, I don't know. All this tells me. This is just reminding me of my a lost opportunity in life. My dream is that I wished. <laughs> I could study olfactory evoked potentials oh. because I was. There's I still was, time, Christine. You, I was, you still can. You're I, so young. I used to research auditory evoked potentials. So I just am fascinated by the way they can release sense timed to small windows of time. Mm. But anyway, see, it's real, irrelevant. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Christine, we're we're all about relevancy here yeah. on the Shortcut Podcast. I'm afraid you'll never be able to come back now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we could, we could expand on that one. How, how would you? With olfactory oh. evoked responses, you know. If EEG. only you were part of Not the. EMG, EEG. If only you were part of the team. Yeah. On this study. The my inspiration was a study on body odor evoked potentials. Wow. So this is analogous, similar. Sure. sure. Because there's sweat involved. But what about the ants? But it was for, like, attraction, mm. something about pheromones. Pheromones, yeah. yeah. Did participants the ants, know they were smelling sweat? <laughs> yeah, see, I'd have to go back and look that up. Would you need from? to get IRB? So, uh, would, yeah. would the IRB require them to know? That they're smelling you know sweat? what? They probably would. Yeah. Nowadays, things are different before, right? Yeah. Um, I bet m- a men- much of this can be referenced in the annals of improbable research. <laughs> Does seem likely, doesn't it? Uh, 
That's all I got today, guys. Thank you for being on the show and for hanging out with me. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for making us part of your week. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help us grow the show. Plus, you can talk about anything you like in our Facebook group, The Short Coats Student Lounge. And you can always always send us your thoughts, questions, comments to theshortcoats at gmail.com or leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support for the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Catmosphere. We'll talk to you in one week. Happy Thanksgiving. I was going to say, Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>